She's lying in Freud's office when suddenly Sigmund or Siggy, I must tell you something. Oh, is it something about your childhood? You hate your mother, uh, whoa, don't whoa, you? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, is it something about your childhood? <laughs> I didn't want to attend the accent, but yeah, if, if, yeah. if Chris is happy to do it, as the thespian amongst us. Well, the point is, this actor was not German. <laughs> <laughs> this actor probably did about as much research into doing a German accent as Chris did just then. So, uh... Uh, excuse me, but it's very much based on the three little pigs from Shrek. <laughs> uh, of course, they, they were voiced by actual Germans. So, uh... <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Are you saying that my German accent's shit? Um, I'm saying that if, um... If you were German, it would be better. And welcome to Sabrina the Teenage Watch, the podcast where three chaotic and quarrelsome quasi-broadcasters... Gave us a bit of a task, that one. Uh, We review all 163 episodes of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. My name is Phil. I am your host and your guide through this long, winding road of nostalgia. But hell, I'm not doing it alone. I'm joined by some compadres who are uh, sat in front of me in our new swanky setup. So first of all, um, the man to my uh, left, in front of me, in between the middle window pane and the mauve curtain is Mr. Graham Riley. Hello, Graham. Hello, Phil. How are you? I'm really enjoying the mauve curtain, thank you very much. <laughs> very much so, and and um, I can't, have you noticed that the mauve cushion that you're sat up yeah, against as well? Yeah, lovely. I love, I love mauve. It, it brings out my eyes. I, I'm, I'm pleased to be framed in such an elegant way. Oh, well, thank you. That's a compliment to our, our home decor. Thank you. And uh, the man to my right, who is uh, also sat between the mauve curtain and the uh, middle window pane, and sat up against yet another mauve cushion is Mr Chris Evans hello Chris hello I'm very excited to reveal what is behind the mauve curtain what is behind the mauve curtain uh today we have an owl an owl excellent not an actual owl just a a door stopper a beanie Uh, owl it's a beanie baby owl yeah well it's like a door stopper that one join us next week for another (laughs) uh, edition of behind the mauve curtain uh, so we are up to episode 10 of season 2, we're in the double figs, it's To Tell a Mortal. Uh, in this episode, uh, well, it explains exactly what it is in the title, Sabrina is allowed to tell a mortal about her witchy identity for 24 hours for one day of the year, and it's Friday the 13th, naturally. Boys, before we crack into this one, did we did we enjoy this episode? Yeah, yeah, definitely enjoyed it. It was... Um... Like say a little more human, still sort of the sort of zaniness that we've come to know season two for. Uh, but again, to be honest, as overly zany as this series has been, it's never not been funny. And yeah. this episode was very funny. Yeah, that's true. Because one criticism that we did have at the end of Witch Trash, which was episode nine, was that as much as we're finding it funny, we're kind of done with just completely bonkers um, jokes. We want we want more human. We want more teenage. We want real Sabrina in this one. And, no, we, we didn't get it in shed loads, but we did get a little bit towards the end, which we, we will get into. But Chris, did you enjoy this sort of sort of this little injection of, of humanism into it? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed the themes, yes. as it were. Uh, but again, I, I'm I'm going to raise the point I raised last time. It's like, come on, she's got a pass for witch's license. I mean. When's that going to come into effect? Well, you know, it's, it's a year-long quest, this one. So. Ah, but 
the, you know, it's going to take her from 17 to 18. So yeah, but we we, we we had that moment in in this where there was a test. We just didn't fucking see it. That that's true, actually. Yeah, we 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 want to see all these tests, and yeah, there was there was one, but. Yeah, I don't think the budget would have stretched for this one. I don't no, think even yeah. the cafeteria could have been made up to look like Alaska. You never I don't think so. Uh, green screen and a wind tunnel. Done. We've well, seen <laughs> fair though. They've, they've they've tried to conveniently show us how a witch can fly on a Hoover uh, yeah. in the night sky with a police officer chasing her. So I guess anything is possible. To say last time they did uh, winter sports um, in Sabrina with Zelda skiing on Mars. We don't want to go there again. So, uh... <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, do you want to go to Mars again? No, we don't want to go. To, to that again. We, we don't want to go to really, really shonky green screen. <laughs> yeah. to to. Even for 90 standards, yeah. I think it was a little shonky. I, I, I'm really enjoying the word shonky. Shonky. <laughs> shonky. Um, it's, it's not only our word of the week, brand new feature, but it's also... Uh... <laughs> so, so far we've got behind the mauve curtain and word of the week as two new features on Sabrina the Teenage Watch. You can tell someone got there eight hours last night <laughs> on the fucking ball. <laughs> no, but it, it, it's, it's a word we've used quite frequently in the in the show because um, it, it's, it's a good way like some, most, almost all of the effects that we have in this show are incredible. Um, and particularly in the next episode that we're going to watch I think it's probably my favourite effect so oh. far in the show it's only a little one but I think it's really really good but some things when they try a bit too hard can look a little as we say shonky, shonky. without further ado shall we crack on with uh, episode 10 gentlemen yes please um, why else are we here the episode opens up with Salem laughing maniacally followed by Sabrina screaming in his face followed by yep yeah, more laughing. We're so used to Salem enduring pain and misery, <laughs> he very rarely gets to have much fun. That's but on true. this day of the year, he has at least a tiny bit of power over humans. He does, and, uh, and witches. And witches. And which, well, everyone he has a uh, sort of huge power over. And uh, what exactly is that? It's to do with the, the day. So, though, isn't yeah, it? on Friday the 13th, black cats can startle anyone. Anyone, yes. Anyone. Specifically witch black cats. Which is uh, a, I mean, we get a good good humour with that later on. There's a fine line between startles and shits themselves. <laughs> yes. A couple a couple shit themselves. There's a few breaches, <laughs> isn't there? <laughs> Squeaky bum time, as I call it. <laughs> so Hilda walks in and she shrieks upon seeing Salem, but the attention is drawn elsewhere when a bat flies out of her mouth. Not a bat out of hell, but a bat out of hill. Oh, oh fucking hell. Yeah. Jesus. Oh, Did God. he even write that one down, boys? I feel... Those eight, those eight hours. If you'd written it down, you would have seen how shit it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I feel like tearing my ears off. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, a bat has flown out of Hilda's mouth because she has bat breath yet again um, from eating too many pomegranates. Now, now not going to lie, never heard of bat breath. Fish breath, bad breath. Dog breath. Uh, dog breath. Uh, beer breath. Fag breath. Coffee breath. Never bat breath. No, um, and also, I mean, I don't know much about pomegranates, because, um, you know, I'm very, very, very much a, a simple guy, but it comes from a fruit, just, you know, your, your apples, your bananas, your oranges. Apples um, and pears. <laughs> apple, apples and, yeah, pears, you know. Well, pe- pears if we're lucky. Pears if we're lucky. Can't imagine it tastes of bat. No. Uh, or smells of bat, or anything else that would give you bat breath. What does a bat taste like? I know somebody who would know. Batman. No, Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> of course oh, he yeah. has. Yes, yeah, that's true. I mean, keeping on the su- t- subject of uh, ex- exotic fruit, I had my very first whole kiwi this week. 
Have you never? How you're twenty seven? I've 27, had kiwi mate. slices. I've had kiwi slices, but no. At the age of twenty seven, I tucked into my first kiwi. And after this the furry the, fruit, the furry fruit. Yeah. So during the course of the week, you know, I had, you know, I had one every day, and it got to Thursday where someone told me that I was eating kiwis incorrectly. How can you eat a kiwi incorrectly? Well, how, just, fucking, how were you eating it? Mate? I just fucking tucked into it like like you would an apple. And well, I was, you ate the skin. I ate the skin, yeah. You fucking weirdo. <laughs> and then I was told, no, you're supposed to cut it and then scoop it out. And I went, yeah, like that's, an egg. I was like, that's that's ludicrous. That's not a convenient way to eat a piece of fruit. Just tuck into it. Yeah, but mate, you've eaten fur. But there's more nutrients and vitamin C in, in the skin. I ate a New Zealander alive once. That's the only kiwi I did. <laughs> <laughs> So, the uh, titles roll, and um, yeah, she's a lady from the past. That's, yeah, that's all um, I got. All it, I got. It was parasol type, sort parasol. of. Uh, parasol, whatever, mate. Uh, it was, it was, well, the, the joke, the gag, whatever, it was It was a fact. After, yeah, I have to update my I have wardrobe. To update my wardrobe. And yeah, she was just like a, I don't know, like Victoria or whatever the American equivalent is, like sort of late 19th century, sort of like posh lady with one of those um, dainty little umbrellas and a big floaty dress and a hat. Basically, she was the daughter of a... Uh, oh, shit, what's the word now? A, well, a wealthy sort of Lando. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. Like, the, uh, yeah. The daughter of a baron. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Facts. We like facts in our intros. We've accepted we won't get good jokes. So facts are an acceptable... Um, equivalent. Equivalent, yes. Yeah. No, a very much Fact. so facts. So we're still at the Spellman house and Sabrina hasn't left for school yet and who should pop up but the quiz master. He's not here to quiz her though but to tell her about what day it is. Already told us Salem says which causes the quiz master to shit himself again. Yeah shit himself. That was a definite shit himself. (laughs) Sabrina reads through her magic book and she says a couple things which makes me laugh. She goes okay uh, the 11th hour, the 12th of never, Friday the 13th and I thought that's 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 quite clever that. I like that. Where, where would um, umpteenth go? Oh, umpteenth. Who is... knows? Before or behind? We don't know. Yeah. Umpteenth is. It's yeah. just a I, figure, isn't it? I thought it was. Uh, it would have been. You know, you go through all the numbers, and there's umpteenth. Or does umpteenth come first? Umpteenth, I think, is, is still in the teenths. Just yeah, yeah. Also, ba- oh, Baker's dozen. She missed out as well. Doesn't... That's the point, actually. Umpteenth. Umpteenth. So it would come before twentieth. Yeah, it would come before yeah. twenty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. There you go. So she finds Friday the 13th and she can't believe what she reads. It's that she can tell a mortal that she's a witch. And followed by some excellent expositional dialogue from Hilda, it will only last 24 hours, we're told. That is the worst expositional dialogue in the show so far. Absolutely. Sabrina says something, she goes, Oh my God, I can't believe you didn't tell me about uh, what I can do on Friday the 13th. Oh, the fact that you can tell a mortal and it's all over and done within 24 hours. Yeah, that was that was Jerry Anderson wouldn't write that shit. That was that was <laughs> terrible expositional dialogue. That was that was Children of Men esque yeah. levels of oh, expositional yes, was, yeah. dialogue. Yeah, Michael Caine could have come out with that. <laughs> the important thing to have in a show which has a lot of abstract concepts, a lot of things that aren't what we have in our our realm. Um, it's always good to have a character, a bit like Luke Skywalker or somebody who's sort of encountering these things for the first time, and so would need to be told about them. So you've got an excuse for expositional dialogue. And obviously, in Sabrina, you have Sabrina, who is in the early years of finding out she's a witch and all these magical things. So usually, they can be explained to her, and it doesn't feel clunky. But Mm -hmm. there's just something about the way Hilda just fired out all that information in one sentence... I don't think it was meant to be a joke either. No, um, it was just... I mean, I, I can't think of another way to relay all that information, but 
it, it was far too forced and sudden and uh... I think there's usually back and forth between like Hilda Zelda and Sabrina where like she asks questions and they reply so there's a bit of a back and forth on just one person saying here's everything you need to know about the rules of this episode <laughs> <Yeah>. boom <laughs> her aunts tell her that they didn't want her to know about this rule because it's something that mortals find a bit difficult to accept and we'll see some examples from Hilda and Zelda about this because Hilda decides to tell us a story about when she was young a flashback to uh, where she dated a doctor now, originally I thought it was going to be Dr. Phil, but it wasn't. She definitely needs Dr. Phil. <laughs> I thought it was going to be Dr. Crippen. <laughs> Dr. Foster went to Gloucester. Yeah, I think she pushed him in the puddle. With <laughs> yeah. Dr. Frankenstein. Yeah, you know. something to do with butchery was, was, was something yeah, that pretty much. But no, it, it's, it's another weirdo. She talks to Sigmund Freud, to be exact. And oh boy, were we not surprised. She's lying in Freud's office when suddenly Sigmund, or Siggy, I must tell you something. Oh, is it something about your childhood? You hate your mother, uh, whoa, don't whoa, you? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, is it something about your childhood? <laughs> I didn't want to attend the accent, but yeah, if, if, yeah. if Chris is happy to do it, as the thespian amongst us. Well, the point is, this actor was not German. <laughs> <laughs> this actor probably did about as much research into doing a German accent as Chris did just then. So, uh... <laughs> uh, excuse me, but it's very much based on the three little pigs from Shrek. <laughs> Uh, of course, they, they were voiced by actual Germans. So, uh... <laughs> so yeah, so it's, it must. Uh, oh, it's something about your childhood. You hate your mother, don't you? He says. She says. Uh, no, really, I hate your mother. Whoa, 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 whoa! Are you saying that my German accent shit? Um, I'm saying that if um, if you were German, it would be better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that if uh, you know. Well, if we had Heinz Harald Frensen on the show as a guest, he probably would have walked out in a fence by now. <laughs> <laughs> and we, and we, will, we will have him someday. Oh, oh exactly. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So she tells him that she's a witch, and after some convincing, i.e. making a pocket watch appear out of nowhere, he freaks out and she's incarcerated. No, it's sectioned, mate. Sectioned, even. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So Carried away by the men in the, the white uh, overalls. Yeah, yeah and it's and quite... she's in a straight jacket. It's quite on scary. On a fucking tilty trolley yeah. that you'd see fucking Hannibal Lecter on. It's yeah. a proper 19th century institutionalisation. Yeah, she's sort of wrapped up and she's she's shouting and, and he's just going, Get out! Get her out of here! And it's... Um, it's they leave a hat on though, which is which is nice, nice and polite. Them, yeah. you know. She looked pretty when she's uh, getting lobotomised. But, but my question is, it only lasts for 24 hours, right? How long did Hilda have to stay incarcerated? Well, well she said, uh, as soon as this flashback finished, she goes, when I um, when I uh, escaped, I uh, tripped him up as payback or something. But, um, yeah, after 24 hours, people go, who the hell are you? But yeah. then if she said, I'm not crazy, then they'd probably keep her in anyway. So I reckon she broke, snapped a few necks and leapt out somewhere. I think it was a trail of bodies. Certainly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Usually is when Hilda's involved. <laughs> So yeah, that's uh, that's Hilda's experience with telling someone, and uh, obviously now we get Zelda because Sabrina says, "Well, you should have told a girl because boys overreact." So she should have told a girl. No, we don't. <laughs> Fuck it, out, mate. Jeez. <laughs> so Sabrina says that she's uh, that she should have told a woman, and Zelda says that she did. Her girlfriend Gwendolyn, giggity, <laughs> that she loved, and she loved that she was a witch. Only she blabbed to everyone, and the town then tried to drown her in the well. And because of this drowning, she doesn't care for swimming, she says. Um, again, um, we've talked about it before, but like, 
when they flash back to Hildren Zelda's ancient times, I mean, with with um, with Freud, I mean, I guess it was just an office. There could be an office set anyway that they yeah. could have used, even if there wasn't. Quite easy, probably, in if you've got a TV studio handy to recreate an office. We get a full medieval like courtyard, we do, yeah, um, complete with working uh, well to lower her into. Um, lots of extras in period costume. They really go the extra mile for these. Minute and a half scenes. Yeah, I think this is the most extravagant one we've seen. I mean, this is what they should have used for a troll bride, I guess, in case well, of yeah, the, the, entire in case of the flat pack set that they did use. The entire episode of that, or most of it, took place in like a medieval realm. Yeah, but but for troll bride, it needed to have a fairy tale feel, which is why it looked like a twelve-year-old girl had drawn it. That's true. Yeah, yeah. But this this was great. I mean, for all for. No more than a minute. 30 second flashback, maybe. 30, yeah. 45 seconds or so. But it looks great. I think yeah. it's, it's it's nice when they put the effort into uh, just for something that's uh, just they, a throwaway they, comment. They even had fire and pitchforks as they well, did, which I thought, yeah. that was a nice touch, you know. Shit ton of hay. Why the fuck not? <laughs> Why not, eh? So uh, Sabrina tries to brush it off because the hate would have only lasted 24 hours. However, that is not the point. Mortals won't remember the thing. However, she will never forget how it felt. And it's that that Hilda and Zelda are warning her about. So after that uplifting conversation, she heads outside, only for Salem to come in, saying he spooked a bread truck and the street is full of buns. He, yeah. He can cause some real chaos, really. I mean, you know, he could frighten... A lot of people doing a lot of very dangerous, precarious activities, like driving. I mean, I mean that's definitely something I'm glad we didn't see. Him spooking the bread truck, the bread truck losing control and it running him over. That's That could have happened. Yeah, exactly. What What I would have liked to have seen is uh, Salem going into a uh, an American football stadium and running onto the field and scaring millions of people simultaneously. Sort of like, like a, Mexican, Sorry, a Mexican wave of, of yeah. screaming. That would yeah. have been fun. Simultaneously. And also, I don't think any uh, American football stadiums um, hold a million people. Yeah, but TV. TV, orders. Well, that, TV as well. Does, does it work through the medium of well, TV? Well, I'm assuming it's work, it works through the <clears throat> medium of TV. I mean, I shit myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right, you guys. I was a little spooked by him. Yeah. I, I, would it be like a, a jump scare in a horror film? Oh, God! <laughs> <laughs> That's Salem. There we go. Anyway, we're in the school cafeteria and Valerie is still trying her best to befriend Libby, but she ain't having any of it. Valerie just wants to be popular and respected by everyone. This is, uh, we've talked about her before, this is, it's not needed, but she feels that she has to be... It's what sets Valerie and Jenny apart. Jenny seemed totally, I mean, there is a, I remember in the um, Adopted Grandparent episode um, that Jenny's really pleased when Libby's nice to her, but it's actually just... Sabrina, Sabrina, yeah, pretending to be Libby, um, but for the most part, she's like, "It's okay, I'm a freak. People like Libby don't like me. Doesn't matter." Whereas Valerie is genuinely upset that mm-hmm. not every that she can't be liked by everybody, and that there are people who who are mean to her, which is is sad. Only yeah, two people Sabrina. like me, and they're sat in this room. Exactly. That's <laughs> only two people like me. Actually, no. Well, you've married, so yeah, you know. So three, you three, three. I've got a brother. Four people like me. Fucking hell. I do. Um, I do remember though, like in in school, like in high school, I think it, it does kind of make it, it, it's the kind of thing of sort of um, not not really knowing and not really having the confidence in yourself. You know, it is something that sort of it takes school to find in yourself. Because you know, you know, at school, if if people were nasty to you, I'd be like, yes, they are pricks. But at the same time, it would be nice if they were cool with me. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, whereas now, if someone was like being addicted to me, I'd just be like. 
you're a dick, fuck off. But that's that's definitely a confidence that comes with adulthood. Yeah, I, I, in school, wouldn't have really cared. I sort of would have cared. But at 17, I've I've got I've got my group of yeah, friends. Yeah, in co- yeah, in college, like when you when you find your people or something. That's what I did, and probably um, you too as well. Um, then you're like, actually, it doesn't really matter what those other people think yeah. because these people like me. And there's clearly nothing wrong with me. They're just pricks. Yeah, and and I hope that the during the whole duration of us seeing Valerie, that she does snap out of this because it does get a little tiresome. So hopefully, I hope there's an arc of her finding herself. Yes, yeah, that's what I'd like. Some really deep um, sort of character development for Valerie in particular would be would be really really nice. Uh, so Valerie asks Sabs if she will help her study for her Spanish test, to which she agrees and goes to empty her dinner tray, only for a rather butch and jazzy dinner lady to approach her. It's the quizmaster, and unfortunately not the return of Miss Poopy Pants. No, it's, uh, she she comes up. I mean, the the quizmaster is dressed, um, you know, in dinner lady outfit, complete with sort of. A, Curly hair and a hairnet. Uh, I, I think it's called. It, w- would we characterise it as a bouffant? Yeah, a bouffant. I'd say so. Yeah. <laughs> a a bouffant. A bouffant uh, hairstyle. Like. And also a fat suit with boobs and everything as well. <laughs> yeah. A and fat she... suit with boobs. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Serena goes, You look ridiculous. And he goes, The state says I have to wear a hairnet. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's one of the better lines in the episode. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, a chuckle moment. Chuckle moment. It was. And we just chuckled then. So now the quizmaster is kind of undercover in school. We had some dinner ladies who. Looked rather bizarre. No offence to them. So, uh, you know, I, I, if you're going to go undercover in any profession, looking that ridiculous, probably dinner lady is probably a good one to choose. But no, yeah, the uh, the quizmaster is dressed up as a dinner lady, and he magics her away to test out her endurance. Uh, she's to take part in the Iditarod. 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 So she vanishes, and Valerie is left alone once more. Now, he's testing Sabrina's endurance, and the Aedes Rod is... It's a, like a, a cross-country husky race, yeah. isn't that right? So, if her endurance... Is that endurance in terms of lasting the whole track? Or has she got to turn herself into a husky and pull a sleigh across the country? See, this is one of the quiz moments where I'm like, that's what we want to see! I want to see! I don't care that Valerie got blanked by yeah. Libby. I want to see Give Sabrina. Give a flying fuck about Friday the 13th and telling them all. I want to see Sabrina endurance task. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I want to see Sabrina in Alaska. dressed as a husky, a superimposed face on a husky, even if it looks fucking terrible. I want to see With that. With the quiz master riding behind on the sledge. That's what that's, that's what I want to see. Yeah. That's, yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. This should have been an Iditarod episode, not a Friday the 13th episode. Maybe. I mean, obviously, we're, we're only watching this episode by episode. We don't have uh, the whole series in, in uh, you know, recollecting it in our heads. So maybe there is an episode on this in the future. I but do bloody hope so. This is the thing, right? So Quizmaster takes Sabrina out of school to go and do the Iditarod in Alaska to test her endurance, yeah? I'm going to assume that the Iditarod lasts more than two fucking hours. <laughs> as, as she, longer than a free period. You know? <laughs> yeah. no, no, she had social studies in a free period, she so did. two hours. That, that, that's my assumption. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure it lasts longer than two hours. What sort of fucking endurance is <laughs> two hours? <laughs> She's got no stamina, has she, no. at all? Oh, but she comes back and she has passed, but we'll we'll find out uh, find that about later. So back home and Zelda is at the laptop trying to cure Hill 
Hilda's does bat breath, which she fails at and gives her bass breath instead. Oh no! Mm, oh, no one like fishy breath. Don't worry, Hilda. Be happy. <laughs> yeah. yes. So in school, in school, <laughs> <laughs> Billy Bass, big <laughs> That went completely over my head. Oh man, I got that. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, hashtag Billy Bass, bring him back. That's so nice. <laughs> so in school, and Sabrina miraculously passed her husky endurance test thing and goes to apologise to Valerie for missing the period that she promised to help her study in. Valerie's pissed off, though, because she failed. But excuse me, love, that ain't Sab's fault that she failed because Valerie said that she was crap at Spanish no, You're anyway. shit at Spanish, Valerie. It's entirely your fault. You should be disappointed that somebody didn't help you cheat. <laughs> yeah. But so she, she was upset that Sabs didn't help her get better, but yeah. who used to say she was going to get better in the space of 60 minutes? Um, Come on now. Yeah, do yourself. Fucking meal. <laughs> so in an effort to apologise to her, Sabrina decides to confide in her and tell her the biggest secret she could, that she is a witch. And much to Sabrina's horror, the conversation steers in a similar direction as Hilda and Freud's. However, this time around, Valerie is amazed and just wants to ask her questions and debunk witchy myths. If uh, a friend of mine, basically either one of you two, of one of us, tells me, confines in me, that you are indeed a witch, uh, best news I will have heard in my lifetime. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. I have a friend who can do magic. What great news. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's awesome. Who, who in the right mind would I mean, disagree I, with that? You know, uh, oh, you're a witch. Let me just call the police. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Sabrina is relieved that Valerie's so cool with stuff. However, just as she's about to zap more magic spells, the Quizmaster appears, who can be seen now by both Sabrina and Valerie. And this is when Valerie sort of says... Isn't he the weird dinner lady? <laughs> so there we go. It turns out that Sabrina must adhere to a ticketing system. That every time she uses a spell in front of a mortal, she must rip off a ticket. That way, mortals can be restrained a little bit. Unlike their use of firearms, he says. Ooh, bit of a political hit. Absolutely. I like it. Right out of nowhere, yeah. a sucker yeah. punch of American yeah. gun safety. Yeah, it's that moment of... Mortals can't be trusted with magic. Here's a ticketing system. It's based upon the fact that they can't be trusted with guns. Yeah. yeah. Boom. Shut it down. <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> and that's pretty much a, the kind of political point that really nobody can disagree with. Because it's like, humans have wars. Oh, I, don't, I don't think anyone's going to get offended by that. <laughs> uh, so it's a nice little uh, sort of a, a political point straight out of nowhere, which is what we like. Yeah, yeah. it was a, it was a fleeting moment, but it was a poignant fleeting yes, moment. Yes. And it sticks with you. It was good. So we're then treated to a montage of magical mishaps, like upsetting Libby by blowing loads of like paper in her face, and making a man dance like a monkey. He had a ponytail, mate. <laughs> he did, he did, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. Dance like a monkey. Oh, and making Libby almost choke on her own thumb. Yeah. Uh, she's been chatted up by some jock, and she, um, yeah, she can't get a thumb out of her mouth. Yeah. Yeah. 
And the it's... man, naturally like a sleazy 17-year-old man, walks past Valerie and Sabs with a mm-hmm face. Because they did magic? <laughs> How does he know that they are in any way related to the thing? Uh, very weird. Anyway. Who knows? Uh, I, I just I did enjoy Libby's shocked face when she couldn't get a thumb out of her yes. mouth. Yes. That was... <laughs> <laughs> fucking alarming, wouldn't it? You think, what, I thought you fucking swallowed it. This is just like when I had Parkinson's. <laughs> <laughs> So back home, and a knackered Zelda is still trying to find a cure for Hilda's bat breath, and seemingly does with a handy magical pill. She reckons she's a genius and can cure the world, but it turns out that it's probably just a breath mint. Really wasn't very good at Th- all. There's no need for it at all. It's Usu- just something for Hilda and Zelda to do in this episode. But usually the stuff Hilda and Zelda and Salem are up to is, at least in terms of, like, laughs, is more sort of uh, interesting than what Sabrina's mm. doing if they do split off like they do in this episode but not here yeah we in the next episode we get a repeat of Hilda and Zelda's kind of things not going anywhere however it does then take a turn and it becomes towards the end of the episode so okay. uh, but yeah here it's just it's just a bit it, pointless isn't it's, it? it it just seemed like another obviously we'll get to it but another way for Salem to startle people yeah yeah. and it's uh, Salem startling people is funny but the whole bat breath stuff was just strange bit naff isn't it so we jump back to school and Sabrina is still causing some witchy business, eh, Chris? Even making Valerie fluent in Spanish to get another go at her examination. The fucking Spanish teacher. Yeah, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> this, this is someone who uh, is a member of the crew. It's going to be a member of the crew or an actual Spanish teacher. However, she never speaks Spanish, so why would it be? Yeah, but I mean. She looks like she could. <laughs> she looks yeah, like she, she could. Who yeah. looks a bit Spanish? Hey! <laughs> hey, no. Margot, who does catering? Come on <laughs> here! It was just the... Uh, right, not to sound pompous or anything, but the... Uh, as an actor. But the, a thespian. As a thespian, yeah? She had not done any acting for screen before in her life. She's never done she some She was playing she? tennis with her eyeballs. <laughs> and everyone knows that if you're going to be on camera, on screen, you have a focal point of one eye, not both eyes, because your eyes will then flit in focus between the two eyes. You get yourself a focal point, and that's where you go. She was playing fucking ping pong, mate, <laughs> yeah. with her eyes. She was. She was. <laughs> doop, 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 doop. It was, man, it was... She could not wait for it to be over. <laughs> yeah. and, and seemingly, kind of, as soon as she finishes that full stop on her last line, she's off. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's not even like, and a good day to you, sir. It is... <laughs> of course I'll give you another examination. Go. It's like <laughs> it's like when a sort of a, 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 a young child is delivering something in an assembly. Yes. Or something, yes. Reads off his piece of paper, blank expression, walks off. That's what it was. So that was a really, really, really fun. Um, so Valerie loves magic so much that she ends up blabbing to Harvey, causing Sabrina to have yet another flashback, uh, much like Zelda's warning about being mobbed. However, again, Harvey is pretty cool, because why wouldn't he? Again, Harvey, Valerie, learning Sabrina's a witch. Yep, that's They're cool. the best people she yeah. could ever tell. And that's a, a theme that plays on at the end of the episode. So they go and talk about it in a, in a room, hopefully in private. However, it turns out that Libby heard Sabrina's confession as well. Mm. Mm. So Sabrina invites her friends to the other realm, not before the three of them shit their pants upon looking at Salem's face again. Sabrina says, come on guys, let's get in the linen closet. And Valerie says, Sabrina, that's, that's a closet. And Sabrina says... Out of all the things that have happened today, this weirds you out. 
<laughs> so they all climb into the linen closet and they, um, yeah, they magic up, they disappear and uh, that's it. They welcomed into the uh, the other realm to a mortal day carnival. Where does the carnival take place, Phil? It takes place outside. Hey! But only the second time, the first time being the weird dusk um, training montage <laughs> yeah. of with Mr. Pool Sabrina Mr. Pool in Sweet and Sour Victory uh, we are actually it seems because I don't think they could have lit it that well if they were um, on a set you don't see the sky though yeah. no we do appear to be outdoors yeah it's excellent it's really nice to just get out so yeah they're walking around this um, sort of carnival and it's a playful festival selling tacky merchandise balloons and VR sunglasses which Harvey takes for a ride yeah and that, that's kind of like a projection of the future. Obviously, VR... It's taken 20 years for VR to really be a yeah. thing. It was a gimmick up until, yeah, 2016, 2017. Yeah. And now, here in 2018, yeah, we can look back on it as it was a fucking gimmick. Back at school, and Libby is trying to spark a witch hunt by convincing a few students that Sabrina is a witch, which they all seem to accept Pretty quickly, without any reason to. Why? Libby is an influential person. She just says, Sabrina's a witch. And these six students have gone, Oh my God! You're shitting me! And it's... I mean, this grows out of control as well. As yeah, the power of being a cheerleader, I guess. Yeah. Well, I, th- I, I, I think it's the power of the, the pantsuit that she's wearing. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. That's, I mean, only only good things come out of pantsuits. Some, somebody, in a, somebody in a pantsuit. Gotta to listen to what they say. Yeah, <laughs> just probably man. speaking the truth, aren't yeah, they? Definitely. There we go. May- plot, plot hole filled. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was the large lapels on a jacket, you know. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Or the amount of buttons. I don't know. Is it like six buttons and you're a trustworthy source? Yeah. Seven and fucking don't even look. <laughs> jacket had the requisite thread count. <laughs> Why the fuck? <laughs> so Libby tries to think of a plan that will not only um, out Sabrina being a witch, but benefit her the most. Because this. Bit. This is what she's like, isn't she? Mm. Oh, hang on a tick. Are we going to give her a bastard point for this? Oh, absolutely. Orchestrating a witch hunt. I mean, we see no Mr. Kraft, we hear no mention of Mr. Kinkle, but uh, Libby, who's sort of been a bit of a background role, not really done or said too much to really sort of make us shake our fists, uh, Libby is really, yeah, back in the saddle and... uh, Back to being a bastard in this yeah. episode. So yeah, definitely a bastard point or two. two well, I, I would give a two. No, however, no, no. Let, let's two. give let's give a one to begin with because it grows. One bastard point to start with. To start for an order of yeah. So at the Spellman's house, and Hilda is so thankful for Zelda's cure, which allows her to eat as many pomegranates as she can. She's eating pomegranate pudding, cake, toast. Just then, Zelda receives a letter in the toaster from the other realm, inviting her to demonstrate her bat-breath cure. And as much as Salem wants to go to scare everyone, Hilda is blackmailed into going with her. Right. This is one of those moments that I overlooked when we were watching it, okay? Zelda has literally only just created this cure. Yes. Yeah? To the point where it looks like it might have just been an hour since. How the fuck does the other realm already know about it? They know all sorts of things. It's fucking 1984 back there, mate. <laughs> yeah, they, they know what you're doing yeah. Yeah. all the time. All the time. They are watching well, we, you. We've already discussed that, obviously, like the the um, the, sec- uh, the section of the, the quiz masters, however many they are, they can either 
see what's going on or predict the future. Yeah, so maybe yeah. witches are the same. They've uh, they can either see that Zelda is trying to make this cure, or they've already seen that she has made it. Do you reckon there's like an entire sort of building or complex? It's a complex. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, complex filled with witches whose job it is is to stare into crystal balls and to watch each individual witch. In the mortal realm. Well, I can well, all but guarantee that. And I hope we go there. Also, I mean, we saw um, Sabrina, but through, was it was it Vesta who showed her how to do it? Spy on her mother in there. Uh, yeah, yes. They yeah, definitely yeah. have the technology to find any one person and know exactly what they are doing. It was. Well, Vesta, Vesta had a TV that could yeah, watch yeah, everybody. Right. And um, later, oh, I think it was the same episode, was it? Or another one? Um, Isn't Sabrina... there a magnifying glass yeah, as well? Yeah, a magnifying yes. glass, yeah. Yeah, fucking which NSA that shit well, is. Well, as, as uh, I think uh, I said in another episode, witches are the real deep state. They are, <laughs> they, they are, the, they are the ones you should be worrying about. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> we return to the festival and a montage of Sabs, Val and the Kinkmeister having a great day out, eating never-ending corn dogs, which Val has to be extremely careful yeah. about. Uh, they're riding a magic carpet in hilarious fashion. It's just a superimposed, green-screened Nate Richard just place on top of this magic carpet. That was shonky. <laughs> that that, <laughs> that was. was shonky. If, if if you're listening to this and thinking, what what's the best visual representation of the word shonky? That. They <laughs> <laughs> were just sort of surfing like Aladdin. Great. Uh, oh, they're watching an old woman stick her wrinkly mouth around a prune juice tap. Ooh. Gross. Sabrina tells her friends that she only has two tickets left, so they each, in effect, have one wish each. So Harvey, being the male that he is, obviously he's all into sports, he wants to meet all-star pitcher Mark Langston, who magically appears and luckily doesn't say a lot. Oh my god, I was like, oh f- what, what, what was the what was that tip's Brady name? Anderson. Brady Anderson was like, oh fuck, not another baseball player acting. <laughs> a, don't know who you are, pal. B, fucking hell. <laughs> yeah. um, but luckily, he just says... Uh, want to warm me up doesn't he want to uh... which I was kind of like excuse me <laughs> um, uh. but, but usually whenever someone gets magicked somewhere uh, they go where the fuck am I yes. nothing from him <laughs> nothing he, he, takes he just accepts it so which um... <laughs> <laughs> well I mean he was he's a four time all star player maybe maybe there's a little bit of magic involved yeah maybe but things though it, it, it probably just like how um, Davy Jones of the Monkeys appeared a few yes. episodes back. Maybe this is just a magical uh, apparition of, yeah. of um, Mark Langston. But, but he, he appears. He breaks his fingers, doesn't he? He does. He, he throws a fastball into Harvey and he goes, Wow, Mark Langston broke all my fingers. Have I've never got, seen hit... someone so happy about that. No, I mean, that I appreciated that. However, what I didn't appreciate was how gross the sound effect was when the ball hits him in the hand. Yeah. <laughs> It's proper, like it's like the sound effect I used in uh, Crouchy Kestrel, like student film. It was we stabbed a cabbage and tore a cabbage up, and yeah. it sounds like oh, it's gross. Ugh. But yeah, so he's broken all his fingers. So yeah, nice one. Valerie tells us what she wants. She wants someone who's charming, cute, and funny, and who also wants to dance. And yeah, then we're treated to this, oh, like excruciatingly <laughs> painful. <laughs> Long, no gags, awkward dancing <laughs> with with Drew Carey. Drew Carey, man. Oh my day. I mean, okay. My only experience of Drew Carey is uh, the American version of Whose Line yeah. Is It Anyway. Yes, that's my own. And even watching that, I'm not a massive fan of him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's 
it was just so painful. But credit to that that sort of segment, Valerie was in an absolutely stunning and elegant dress. We saw Valerie in a light we've never seen her before, yes, and nice. it was a beautiful moment. When we saw Valerie, then it was ruined by Drew Carey's entrance. Yes, it was nice to see Valerie so confident and yes. kind of like romantically entwined. It's just unfortunate that she was romantically entwined with, with Drew, Drew Carey, Carey ah. who is this week's That's So 90s. Jesus fucking Christ. Who employs him? I mean, Steve Graham said, why? He's not a heartthrob. I mean, which is true. There are so many people that she could Was have... he just on set that day? Well, I mean... Maybe like... maybe one of his shows, what he did, who's going to say, was, is it Wheel of Fortune or something? Wheel, well, Wheel of Fortune is what he does now, but he, he now. did, in the 90s, he did the Drew Carey show. So that yes. that started in 1995. So right. by this time, it had been on for two years. So it was it was a popular show, and it yeah. ran until, I think, around about the same time Sabrina finished, about 2002, 2003. But I think the only reason that Drew Carey was involved in this is just because Oh my god, he's relevant. He could be funny, but he doesn't say anything. Well, he, he, he says barely, a few lines. He barely speaks. And like the right when they're dancing, he has this. It's it's just fucking creepy. Yeah. His face is creepy. The way that he's looking at Valerie is. Yeah, he's not, yeah. He's not an actor. Yeah, it's a problem, really. I know. He, I know he had a sitcom and everything, but like ultimately, he's not an actor. Yeah, and, it's uh, it, it's it's okay. Okay, what's my inspiration? Okay, Drew, dance like you're holding in a poo. Okay, and that's how he looks. It's, yeah. it's surrealism. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 oh, so, it's, it's just really awkward, and I think what makes it more awkward, as I said earlier, it goes on for far too long. But no, right, I reckon it, if it wasn't Drew Carey, it would, if it was someone else, it, we would have felt like it didn't go on for so long. I think it was a great little segment. It was just completely ruined by his presence. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, you could have got, I mean, anyone, fucking anyone else. Say who would have made that worse. Yeah. The half. To be fair, he makes everything worse. <laughs> In comparison, Drew Carey, not so bad anymore, is he? Drew Carey as well, of course, uh, participant in the 2001 Royal Rumble. And, is uh, fucking WWE Hall of Famer, For Drew that Carey. one bizarre appearance in 2001 uh, and again he was introduced out just because he's someone who was on telly yeah. and this is the same reason I think reason why Drew Carey's involved just because he was he had his own show in the 90s why and the it fuck? was and it was it hadn't gone on for long enough to be for people to be sick of it well it's supposed to be funny that her crush is Drew Carey which it would be if it was not Drew Carey <laughs> well no no not if it wasn't Drew Carey just it was sort of like bing and then like Drew Carey, he's your crush, and then, and then he's like, her crush being Drew Carey could be funny. Drew Carey can be funny. Yeah. But the way it was done here was just not yeah. funny. Just <laughs> not funny, and just so deeply, deeply strange. <laughs> it's strange and disturbing. Which completely took away from the whole confident Valerie-ness yeah. that we yeah. had in this dance, and the it was a really yeah, it's really nicely shot scene, and she looked great, and yeah. But yeah, it was fucking Drew Carey. <laughs> I can't, I can't describe it. Like, I, it's the weirdest scene we've, and we've had some strange ones. It's the weirdest scene we've had so far. Absolutely, without a doubt, it I, was. 
I was flabbergasted. I yeah, I, I flabbergasted isn't it doesn't go far enough, mate. <laughs> I can't bamboozled. Yeah. I can't believe that happened. <laughs> so there we go, Drew Carey's strange and skin crawling uh, appearance is this week's That's So Nineties. One can only hope that was his only appearance. Time will tell. <sighs> wow. Uh, oh, and he also finishes saying, Wow, thanks, Valerie. I couldn't give you a rose. Here, have these. And just gives her his glasses. And he just says something funny. He goes, I hope you're nearsighted. <laughs> and then walks off. And I did. I found that was quite that funny. Was, that, that, that was... <laughs> but it, it doesn't make up no, for, uh, for the, the rest of it. So we go back to Hilda and Zelda in the lecture theatre where the bat-diffusing breath presentation is taking place, exposing us to yet another harrowing shot of a bat flying out of Hilda's mouth. And we forgot to mention before when her bat breath was first introduced, we actually saw a shot of loads of, like a family of bats like living bat in nest. her mouth. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I agree. Salem raises cheeky head, as we said, and gives everyone a fright. The same cannot be said for Libby and the residents of Westbridge, as she somehow rallied parents and teachers into the sports hall to tell them of Sabrina's witchy identity. This has A, escalated incredibly quickly, and B, has been escalated incredibly quickly without any evidence. <laughs> yes, yes. It's all word of mouth. Like, yeah. It's How has she got this fucking far? Well, it goes even farther as we see it a little bit. Back at the Mortal Day Carnival and Valerie and Harvey have gotten themselves stuck in a magical swirling vortex. Just as we get to a, we've had a magical day. I hope nothing ruins it. (laughs) Vortex. I guess that's just a thing in the witching realm. There's no explanation for why. Like a manhole cover, maybe? Yeah, there's no explanation for why this is there, just all of a sudden. Peril. I didn't like that. (laughs) Uh, Fine, fine, fine distress. Peril and and fear. Um, Yeah. So everyone falls in. Well, Harvey and uh, Valerie fall into this swirling vortex. Sorry, sorry. Terribly fall into this swirling vortex. That is, yeah, that is also chunky. Yeah, they're (laughs) swimming in midair while they're doing it, aren't they? And it's, yeah, yeah, it's a bit gross. So so Sabrina is sort of struggling to find out how to get them out, and a sort of a headless carny that we saw earlier says, Why don't you magic come out? It's like, Well, I've got no tickets left. Oh. And that's it. No sympathy from him. Uh, he's got no head, Phil. He's Come got, on. Got <laughs> <in> my brain. <laughs> <laughs> he's undeserving of sympathy. <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. Sorry. Sorry, uh, Headless Jim. Sorry. Um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, he's got no head, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> sorry for being insensitive and, and prejudiced. Yeah, stop being headist, mate. Stop being headist. <laughs> sorry. Uh so uh, we then uh, cut back to the lecture theatre where Salem is yawning and he's got bored, hasn't he, in, uh, of uh, the lecture theatre. I mean, of course you would. It's it's Hilda with bad breath and someone trying to stop it. Yeah. So he leaves and says, oh, I'm going to go outside and grab a latte, does he? Yeah, he wants fresh air and a latte. Yeah. yeah. So he runs off, so maybe we'll see him very shortly. What, with a with a foamy top lip? Yes. He should have had a foamy <laughs> top lip. <laughs> I think it was real cat sailing though when he shows up, so I guess that would have been harder to do, but still. Well, they got him into a coat. I'm sure they <laughs> can a apply car. some... And a car. And yeah. a car. I'm uh, sure they can apply some foam to his upper lip, yeah. So they, uh, so we cut to Sabrina, who is wrestling with uh, the uh, very right, very, very um, sort of adequate, adequate, amicable, um, amicable, headless carny, headless yeah. carny, who uh, is, and is, even if he is a bit of a prick, nothing to do with the fact he doesn't have a head. Is no, it no, 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 absolutely. No. 
and he's wrestling with his tickets because he's got loads and suddenly uh, Salem runs past and he says Sabrina I've had 20 lattes anyway he uh, the carny gets shrieked naturally throws his tickets in the air it's like getting an electric shock I think the uh, effect that he has like it's just sort of like a thing of like when he comes into like a jolt like a, a shocking yeah. jolt yeah. isn't it <laughs> So, uh, yeah, they, um, they Sabrina catches the tickets and inappropriately throws them all into the vortex. Yeah, all of the tickets. You needed two or one. So she uses that one ticket, or she shouldn't, she uses all the bloody tickets to get them out. And, uh, yeah, they, they all fly out and wearing each other's clothes. So we saw Nate Richard in, in drag for a little bit. And he looked good. He looked good. Great. He looked he good. Looked great legs. Great legs. Absolutely <laughs> stellar legs. He looked really good in that dress. Not going to lie. Yeah. yeah. We weren't quite of Cranston levels, but they were good legs. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. And uh, yeah, they uh, sort of commemorate this wonderful magical day they've had by asking uh, the the, head, the lovely headless Carney to uh, do something nice for a change and take a picture of the three of them um, looking funny and dishevelled. And he says, nice. he says, he says. You'll have, um, you'll have to uh, forgive me. I, I often chop off people's heads. So, Phil, he has a disability. Okay. He's willing to laugh at it. He's a great guy. <laughs> what are you telling me? <laughs> Tell Sabrina she was the one prejudiced against the carnies. No, 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 she wasn't. You're the one that brought it up, <laughs> Phil. Yeah. It's if not like you can get a prosthetic head. You That's know, true. Well, you could, but it would serve you no purpose. <laughs> yeah. It'd be just like a mannequin's head. It would look. He, he's got a disability. Cut him some slack, mate. Come okay. on. Jesus. I'd like to take this opportunity then to apologise to any of our headless uh, listeners that yes. may be tuning into the show. I didn't mean anything by my uh, headist comments. Um, I sincerely apologise. There was no malice in, in the intention. And I promise uh, from here on behalf of the entire team here at Spinning the Teenage Watch, it will never happen again. And, uh, and we will be making a charitable donation to the people who have lost their heads in accidents or born without, uh, <laughs> uh, which is associated with the UN. Uh, all details are on our website. Yeah. The Royal Headless uh, Society, DCAP. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So back home, and despite almost being killed, which was a shock to Harvey, they all had a terrific time, and Sabs is thrilled that her closest friends know her secret. Valerie says that the only secret that she has is that she's allergic to watermelons. Great, so that's out now, yeah. she says. So again, a bit more silly fleshing out. We know that she's addicted to corn dogs, yeah. and she's allergic to watermelons, and she fancies Drew Carey. So, she's a very troubled young woman. Quite an, yeah, quite yeah. a uh, peculiar portrait of Valerie being painted here, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll forgive her, her eccentricity. She's a good sort. Yeah. I, I'd characterise her as helpless. Yes, yes. she is. She, yeah. She's longing for some help as well. So, uh, suddenly, a knock at the door, and it's an angry mob followed by a news team trailing behind Libby who apparently has already signed a book deal because she's got a book in the works about exposing Sabrina as a witch again how has it got this far (laughs) just from Libby saying oh yeah Sabrina's a witch it's now made the national news a publisher wants to write about it and loads of people want to burn her alive I just want to put a time frame on this we saw Valerie and Sabrina in the cafeteria having lunch. Yeah. So Sabrina telling Valerie happened at approximately 2pm once she got back from her, her husky training. Yeah. So that's 2pm. It's now 
late it's, at it's just, night. It's midnight. It's just before midnight. So in what? What's that? Ten hours? Ten hours. In less than ten hours, an entire film crew and a book deal has been <laughs> sorted. Wow. Just off one high school, it, it just telling yeah. people that some girl she doesn't like is a witch. Power of pantsuits, mate. Fucking, that got, that got some traction, that did, didn't and it? It is crazy, because, I mean, like, as we know, the American media are, are very are very rational. I mean, you know, like, they never get worked up about a, you know, a completely, you know, in, invented um, issue with no evidence to back it up. Yeah. Never happens. So, yeah, um, quite quite the escalation there. Yeah, absolutely. Imagine Westbridge is probably a boring place. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh my God. <laughs> This is better than nothing. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, at least it bumps the uh, the uh, the crash and, and the lorry fire caused by uh, the buns, the bun yeah. lorry fire. Yeah, it bumps out off the front page, doesn't it? Well, it's something a bit cheerful, you know. We sort of on, on our local news. I mean, you know, where the northwest where we live, a lot of uh, grim shit going on. Um, so on, on our local news, you know, they always have, you know, like this person's been raped and he's dead, and she she she, she caught fire and this and that. <laughs> she uh, caught fire. Yeah. Oh yeah, have you not seen that one? It was on last night. And uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then, and then they'll be like, and. Um, Meanwhile, there's a cheese festival going on in Chumley. You know, yeah, that, that, that's sort of, that sort yeah. of thing. Well, again, it's a good example is we've got a show here in the UK, uh, The One Show. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, so they'll be, God, they'll be that doing... that is just fucking padding. But it, it? but it immediately follows the news, so it's like... Yeah, so after... You feel a bit down about the world? It's okay. So what they do is they'll do a ten-minute segment about famine and war raging in uh, an African nation. Yeah. Thank you for that touching report. I uh, love and wish you'd ghost everyone who is surviving out there in that ravished land. Have you ever wondered how deck chairs are made? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And that's it. Quick five minutes where Charles Brandreth just talks about the history of the deck chair. Yeah. It's like that, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, it's escalated very quickly. Harvey doesn't rat Sabrina in, obviously, because he's a good guy. He blames... says, Libby, you having one of your episodes again. Yeah. Good Harvey. Turn it around. She's fucking mental. Yeah, turn around, making sure she's uh, she's the mental one. However, Valerie is a little shaky because um, Libby promises a, a popularity. She says, oh, yeah. I will never forget this, neither will the popular girls. And he gets a little tense and sweaty for a sec. But Valerie says that she has no idea what Libby is talking about. But she she, she teases us, doesn't she? Because she goes, oh. I'm really sorry about this. As if she's about to rat her and she goes, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Boom. There we go. And everyone leaves and the, uh, film, crew, the yeah. film crew are livid. Yeah, they put it down to, oh, just another high school prank. Maybe you should have thought that ten hours ago you when should... a high schooler said, there's a girl in our school who's a witch. If it's just another high school prank. They keep falling for this shit. <laughs> so it's on them, really, isn't it? Maybe they said, oh, my God, a lorry full of buns has caught fire and is burning down houses. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Pull the other one. The driver the driver was shocked by a black cat. <laughs> sure. Yeah, um, he's bleeding out with a nice bun through his skull. Yeah, fuck off, whatever. Down. Uh. So everybody leaves, and yeah, Sabrina is just uh, relieved that her friends have had such a good time and haven't ratted her out. So it's getting close to midnight, in fact, it's struck midnight, and Valerie says that she has to leave, because her mum will be wondering where she's been. Bling! Where have I been? She says. And Harvey, uh, oh, she takes Drew Carey's glasses off her head. Confused, and just just walks off with them. Harvey then, obviously it's struck midnight, and he realises that all his fingers are broken. (laughs) 
If Harvey comes home... Well, actually, no, not Harvey, because his parents don't give a shit about him. Yes, yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. They're probably like, oh, fuck, he's gone. And then he comes in and they're like, oh, no. And then uh, he's like, oh, my finger's broken. Oh, just your fingers. Oh, fuck's sake. But um, <laughs> when Valerie comes home, it's like, oh, did you have a good time with Sabrina last night? I don't remember what I did. I've, <laughs> got, I've got these glasses. I've got these glasses. They look like a man, maybe a man's glasses. And like, what the hell have you been doing, she young lady? She was drugged by Drew yeah. Carey. <laughs> oh. Bring the film crew back. <laughs> This is the scoop you want. This is the oh. scoop you want. Valerie Burkhead um, has spent time with Drew Carey and doesn't remember it. Doesn't remember it. Wow, bro, <laughs> that's <no>. a <laughs> So in the kitchen, and Zelda shows off the Bat Breath tablets or Kills Hill Decisis pills, as they're called. Which is it's a, just a pack of Tic Tacs, mate. Green Tic Tacs with a bat flying up Hilda's mouth. Yeah, yeah, that's all you need. That aside, Sabs comes in and tells them about her day, that she loves her friends even more. Because she teases saying, you know what, I've, I do think differently about Harvey and Valerie. I love them even more. And we get a nice zoom in of the picture with some yeah. lovely music. And the closing line of, you know, the main bulk of the episode is Hilda and Zelda saying, why do you have such better friends than we did? And it's and that's what it's about. That's the human side of it that I think we've we've wanted. We've had this crazy zany episode, but it was all about these are my best friends. I really really like that. I did. Um, it's you know it was like one fleeting moment after episode after episode of just madness. Um, that was like yeah, this is these are human beings with feelings, and you know this is about the journey of people together. I I really yeah I just really liked her looking through the yeah just a yeah like you say the the little scene about looking through the pictures and the music and yeah it's just like and that that would be if you tell somebody something completely crazy and they just straight up accept it and say fine that's okay it doesn't change how we feel about you then yeah that is when you decide that people really are your best friends mm-hmm. absolutely and this is this, of course this is the second time that Harvey has found out that Sabrina is a witch and the second time he's subsequently forgotten yes it's a shame so hopefully soon it will stick yeah. um, and I said before I wanted to talk about um, differences between Jenny and Valerie oh, yeah. and I think Jenny was sort of looking back on it she wasn't the character that she could have been because I know we're only 10 episodes into this season so you know Valerie has been Sabrina's friend for 10 episodes so a couple of months in the school year and stuff but she's treated as the bestest friend that Sabrina could ever have. And we never got that with Jenny. The thing with Jenny... Jenny, Jenny was just more of an... A, not an acquaintance. She was a friend, but she wasn't really anyone that she necessarily confided in, that she had these heartfelt moments in. And, yeah, well, Valerie is, is a completely different character too. She's not just a friend. She's Sabrina's best friend. Now. She definitely is a stronger character, but it is worth mentioning uh, with, with, with uh, Jenny... I don't know whether it was scheduling conflicts with Michelle Boudoin or what, but she would disappear for episodes on yeah. end. There probably aren't that many episodes of Jenny in them in any meaningful probably, way. Yeah, yeah. So we've actually had more time to get to know Valerie and for her friendship with Sabrina to develop. But she is, yeah, it definitely... It's the role that you... That at the start, it looked like Jenny was going to fill, but it was never really delved into much mm-hmm. at all in the end. Um, so yeah, I, I in the... Sabrina's friend power rankings I would put Valerie above Jenny for all her insecurities she does seem like a really really good friend and a really good person yeah Chris do you think if Jenny had stayed on for this season that she 
would be doing everything Valerie's doing, do you think Jenny would have worked for another season? Or do you think having a completely different character um, sort of progresses the story of Sabrina? If Jenny had stayed on, I don't think that we would be having a, a, the zanier episodes that we are having. She was much more of a of a grounded character, mm-hmm. whereas Val- Valerie is floopy? Silly. Silly, yeah. yeah. She's a bit all over the place, so therefore these episodes sort of suit her character's personality, whereas Jenny was very much sort of fight the power, organising stuff in the school. Mm. Uh, like I said, grounded, down to earth, solid yeah, she, character. She, she knew like... who she was. Valerie doesn't know who she is, therefore she's still finding herself, so giving these bits of information, oh, my best friend's a witch, she can bend with that, whereas Jenny was more rigid. Yeah, yeah. You could almost say... That in their sort of personalities, Jenny represents season one. Very grounded, very school-oriented, very sort of, you know, um, sure of where she fits in the high school pecking order, which was Mm. kind of what season one was all about. Whereas Valerie's just this zany, where do I fit in? Who am I? Um, You know, I've got all these very strange, like, quirks that seem to be born out of my insecurities. I'm all over the shop type character, which is very much... Season two, it's all over the shop. We don't know where everything fits in. Yeah. yeah. So it, if we were going to take that a step further, that Jenny is the good, strong redwood, forever growing for hundreds of years. Valerie is the crazed, winding river that goes through mountain ranges, through the desert, and eventually ends up in the ocean, wherever that may be. I thought you were going to say she was like a bonsai or some sort of like, <laughs> really like flimsy little tree. <laughs> no, I took, took it the nature side. Well, you know, strong, stiff. But... There we go. So Valerie is a little flimsy tree. <laughs> so there we go. That is the end of episode 10 to tell a mortal. Boys, what did, what did we think of it? Did you did you enjoy this episode? Bar the, the discrepancies we've already discussed. <laughs> For the most part, Yeah. I say I really liked the moment at the end. It was nice to see, even if it was fleeting, you know, sort of like a bit of emotion of the emotional core, which we've sort of uh, lamented the loss of. It was nice to see that returning. I, I enjoyed their their trip to the other realm. I, I really liked Harvey and Valerie's sort of totally chill reactions to her being a witch. I liked Libby playing the pantomime villain for the first time in a while. Yeah, I'd, I'd say it was an improvement on certainly the last few. Yeah, I would say, absolutely. And yeah. it balanced the laughs with, with a decent bit of humanity as well. Yeah, yeah, good episode. Chris, agree or disagree? Yeah, um, I still want more humanness. Yeah, I, 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 think, I like, think we all do. Yeah, it was just it was just because that what that one moment at the end when she's looking over pictures, going, "Oh, I've got the best friends in the world." That was not enough for me. It wasn't enough. I mean, we've got this crazy, oh, mortals in the other realm, going mental, oh, swirling vortex, headless man selling balloons. You know, there's so much crazy shit happening. But two things that I wanted to see more of is the human element and what the fuck happened in Alaska. <laughs> yeah, I want to know what you happened know, in Alaska, yeah. I, that, I, I would have much preferred an episode if it was if with just Sabrina and the Quizmaster and the Quizmaster giving her a shit ton of quizzes to do. You know, I, I, that's what I want to see. I want to see this whole Quizmaster Sabrina relationship, how that works, what tests she actually does have to do. Uh, does she pass? Does she fail all of them? 
what actually happens because I mean I know it's, it's meant to be the arc over the entire series and it takes an entire year to pass and quizzes get thrown left right and centre but how many quizzes have we actually seen them in 10 episodes in mm-hmm. that's you very, know very what I mean true. yeah well I mean luckily for you the next episode is all about quizzes oh. but, but but despite sort of the lack of the of, of, of what we wanted and, and you know, we wanted a bit more human particularly at the end but I, you know, I did enjoy the, the end it was a nice progression of their relationship they're not just friends it's kind of they take the journey on to they are best friends she knows she can rely on them if she were to come out as a witch and she knows that they're completely chill and the absolute right people for her and I guess the family know that as well they know that when they're not there Serena is in capable hands so I think a good episode nice uh, sort of nice gags it was nice to see the mortal carnival and uh, yeah no I think a, a good solid episode but uh, what's the point of me saying that it's not me that comes up with those scores the one who comes up with those scores is the man who's in front of me next to that lovely mauve cushion that he does and the mauve curtains that he enjoys so much it's Chris Evans he's our rank master he's going to tell us what he believes this episode should be scored at so away you go mate I think that it's just because I'm biased and it's not what I wanted to see it's as simple as that it was a good episode don't get me wrong we got to go to the other the other realm for mortal day you know I didn't like the Hilda and Zelda spin-off bit it was uh, it served absolutely no purpose um, I did enjoy a few of the of the side gags but again it was just gags man that's why I'm I'm gonna I'm keeping it around the same level that I have done for the last couple of episodes, and I'm giving it a uh, six headless carnies spinning helplessly in a vortex. Okay, six headless carnies um, spinning helplessly spinning in a vortex. Helplessly in a vortex. That's a mouthful. Uh, um, Graham, do you agree? I yeah, I think I would possibly add a point five onto that. I'd say 6.5 headless carnies, not that there's anything wrong with that, spinning around in a vortex. <laughs> and I will side with Chris on this one. I'm going to give this one a 6. So I will say, again, say 6 headless carnies, sort of falling helplessly, helplessly. Spinning, spinning in a vortex. Come on, guys. Makes too many words. If you ain't written down, I ain't saying it. <laughs> uh, so there we go. That is our review of episode 10 to tell a mortal. Episode 11 of season 2. Oh, what a tangled spell she weaves. Oh, a play on Oh, what a tangled web she weaves. Absolutely. Oh, my. uh, So, Christopher, seeing you're the, again, the the thespian who might be more aware of uh, the the excerpt this is from, what do you think this episode is about? Well, a tangled web, it's lies, mate. Yeah. Oh, what a tangled web she weaves. Yeah. It's all about the lies and trying to keep track of the lies and... Who is she told? And then it gets out of proportion, it gets out of hand. So Sabrina tells a lie, it gets blown out of proportion, she has to keep telling more lies and more lies and more lies and more lies, and then it goes really out of control, and lo and behold, uh, the day resets itself. Graham, a different idea? Everybody Sabrina cares about, Hilda, Zelda, Harvey, Valerie, maybe Salem too, get tied up, and she needs to pass tests in order to free them. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. I like that one better than mine. Well, it's kind of on the lines of Chris, but it's more literal to what I was saying. So, uh, oh, what a tangled spell she weaves. Sabrina learns that spells worded too generally and vague can cause utter chaos, which is exactly what happens. So she has to learn that when she's doing her incantation spells, her rhyming spells, she needs to be far more specific. 
which causes things to go wrong. So she uses another spell, then she has to use another spell to get that one. So you were kind of on the on the right tracks, but it's more sp- specifically about spells rather than the but the inspiration for its time. Yeah. Uh, so that is episode eleven. That I want to see Graham's episode though. So do I. I want to <laughs> that. I want to see Graham's episode. Everyone's in peril, and she has to save them. That's her yeah. quiz. Rather, That's what I want to see. Rather than sudden, out of nowhere peril, like in this episode, just episode long peril. <laughs> episode, episode long peril. peril. Yeah. yeah, it's like Quizmaster shows up. Okay, Sabrina, what's happened is uh, the Witches Council has taken your loved ones, Hilda, Zelda, Salem, Harvey, Valerie, and now we have to go there so that you can save them. Each one, you have a trial. You must pass the trial to save their life. If you don't pass the trial, then you have committed them to an eternal damnation. That's so, probably more of a TV movie part, I'd say. Yeah. 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 So, oh, so man. That's what I want to see that. So what, what's, what's going to happen is the beginning of the episode, the Quizmaster goes, and he appears. Yep. And she goes, oh, Quizmaster. And he goes, hey, Sabrina, I want to play a game. <laughs> <laughs> so what you want is you want Saw featuring the cast of Sabrina. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, why not? <laughs> okay, Lionsgate, Twisted Pictures. <laughs> if you're listening, we don't know what uh, Netflix's uh, Sabrina revival is going to look like yet. <laughs> Could be that. We don't know. If it's that, I'm, well, I'm watching it. We are watching. <laughs> we are watching it. <laughs> Hanging on the edge of my seat. <laughs> so that is episode 11. Oh, what a tangled spell she weaves. But as for this week, thank you very much from me, Fielding, for listening to it. I hope you very much enjoyed it. Thank you very much to my compadres uh, to the left, Mr. Graham Riley. Thank you. It's quite all right. And thank you very much to my other compadre to the right, Mr. Chris Evans. Not a problem, Philippe. Oh, I want to dance with Drew Carey. <laughs> I want to feel the heat with Drew Carey. Yeah, I want to dance with Drew Carey. With Drew Carey, he's creepy. Sabrina the Teenage Watch is available in many different formats, so whether you're listening to us on SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, or iTunes, please leave us a comment or a review. Your support means we get more listeners. And it means our hard work is not going to waste. And we can look at ourselves in the mirror. If you want to contact us or keep up to date with our episodes, you can follow us on Twitter at Sabrina Watch. And you can find us on Facebook. Just search for Sabrina the Teenage Watch and there we shall be. And thank you to you for listening wherever you are. And remember, may every little thing you do be magic. magic.